Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill, and these are a form of my journals out loud. And we're going to start with a deep breath. Uh, I'm having a lot of uh, mixed emotions right now. So before we dive into what we're going to talk about today, I'm going to inhale through the nose and exhale, cleaning out the old air from our lungs, settling for a moment, and moving forward. And uh, you know, right now I've got like a million things on my mind and I don't even want to do a podcast, but I can't get everything done. And at the same time, you know, I'm realizing as I'm sitting here frustrated with all my little things of daily life and just trying to na navigate my daily stressors, it has occurred to me that, uh, you know, what's going on for so many people and animals and the environment right now is catastrophic. I looked uh, at the chill map this morning and there's just hardly anywhere, you know, my little corner of the world and little parts of California and uh, Florida are about the only places in the country that are not experienced here in the U.S. some serious cold and what might be normal for one place you know, if you're in the mountains and you're used to being cold, it's just another day. Uh, I was really taken aback by seeing, you know, the the Gulf Coast, the city, you know, the states in the Gulf Coast in single digits. Now, if you don't have cold experience, it's shocking. If you have cold experience, uh, you know, single digits are problematic in a lot of ways, but they're survivable. You know, I've done them in my trailer with just a little tiny electric healer, heater, and we've been fine. You know, I know how to dress. I know how to, uh, you know, s suck it up. But what I also know is that it's incredibly time consuming to s manage and navigate extreme cold. And it's incredibly heartbreaking on trying to not feel what so many people and animals are probably feeling right now. And, you know, that was so upsetting, you know, when I was on the cow farm, uh, you know, where I was, the guys pretty much took for care of their cows, but I was next door uh, across the fence to a guy who didn't take care of his cows. And I can still see them, you know, on one of these whiteout kind of days in the middle of winter when there's no grass and days of snow and these poor cows just walking, trying to find something to eat in these horrific conditions. And uh, here's a cow lesson. You know, my understanding is that the cow can keep itself warm to 18 degrees. After that, it needs extra food and the, the high quality food, not just grass on the ground, but high quality hay, uh, it works as a furnace. As they eat that food, it warms them from the inside out, and that's how they survive. Uh, you know, as a sidebar, yet again, we're talking about uh, things that aren't important to most of us, but, you know, what was fascinating to me about researching the buffalo is they don't even know how cold buffalo can manage because they are built for cold in the way cows aren't. And... You know, they don't whine. They just stand there. A lot of cows uh, and livestock and animals die because 
not of cold, but they get caught in these drifts and they can't breathe and they suffocate. And so, you know, post storms like these, you know, you'll find 30,000 cows dead or horses or sheep. Well, sheep are pretty resilient. Goats, things like that. Dogs, cats. Uh, I, it's heartbreaking, you know, and I put that wolf on our picture because the only way a dog or a wolf can stay warm, and you have to remember not all dogs have the same kind of fur structure, a wolf, a cold weather dog is built very differently than a hot weather dog, but wolves have a fur structure, as we know, that will allow them to stay warm, but mostly they have to be in a den, in a little tiny space, you know, curled up to be able to have their body heat work. And, uh, you know, I wasn't even going to talk about this today because my brain is off on something, you know, totally different that I wanted to bring to you. But it occurred to me, you know, as I'm sitting here, you know, and I was hot yesterday, the last two days I've been hot. I mean, my perceptions, right, they zero in on my tiny little world and my tiny little problems, uh, while at the same time, most people are having a very different conversation. And uh, I tried to look for an update uh, on the what's going on, at least across America. I couldn't find anything. I watched one from yesterday. Uh, and I was really, you know, taken aback by how pervasive, you know, and what cold temperatures people are dealing with. Uh, and it brought me back, you know, to all the hardcore public works people out there trying to keep the electricity going and this horrible weather. I used to just admire how hard they worked. And, you know, all the, the, the people who are out there trying to do their jobs just to keep other people safe and the ranchers and the farm farmers, working so hard, you know, to keep their animals alive. And, you know, the people desperate trying to help all those who can't do anything. You know, if you put hay in a doghouse, you know, they're more likely to be able to stay warm. And, you know, all the programs that people have put forward. And as I was scrolling through videos trying to find, uh, you know, what I was looking for, you know, the dog trainer guy talking about caring for dogs in cold weather and people talking about, you know, alternative heat sources. And, you know, but my memory is, is it was just a full-time job. You know, when it gets really, really cold, it's a full-time job. And drum roll, you know, it's a big stressor. And, you know, we've been talking about the nervous system and what does that mean? And, extreme cold is extremely stressful on a good day. Pervasive long-term cold, uh, if you're not used to it, is very stressful because there's that fear. Is the power going to go out? Is the water going to freeze? Or when the power does go out and the water does freeze, or if... I remember one time I got caught in a storm and I hadn't done any shopping and I didn't have food. And I'm like, oh, this is never going to happen again. You know, all these little experiences that people are having everywhere and uh, how just because you want to be prepared and you want to do your best doesn't mean that you can. Uh, you know, and a lot of people are just oblivious and they don't understand until it's too late. And that's how we learn. But there's just so much happening for so many people related to this just one tiny event over these few days. Uh, I thought when that's happening to you, it's such a good example, right? If it's just happening to you or if it's happening to everybody, you know, your world just comes 
crashing in into the immediate to the now, just dealing one moment to the next. And uh, I know for me, because I made the mistake, I don't know why I didn't go get propane heat then, but whatever bad advice people were giving me, uh, all I had was electric heat. And I was terrified, you know, the power would go out and I would have no heat. Uh, because it's one thing, you know, to survive, even if you can only heat to 40 or 50 degrees, and it's a whole nother thing uh, if you're trying to stay inside surviving with zero heat and your temperatures stop drop start dropping below the point of freezing. You know, that's the real break point. As long as it's above freezing, you know, you can manage because everything doesn't shut down. But the longer you go below freezing, the more damage, you know, the water freezes up, everything freezes up including liquid in bottles that will explode. <laughs> I've learned that lesson quite a few times the hard way. So it just didn't feel right, you know, to talk about anything other than the reality that in this moment, so many people are just struggling. You know, I know there's a lot of people who've prepared well, or this is just another day and it's not a big deal. But, you know, that's sort of my default is to go to where my heart breaks, you know, for all the people who are not able to do what they need to do to get through this in a way that uh, some of them will die. It's, you know, you can't, everybody can't be prepared. Everybody can't do everything in every way. Uh, everybody can't leave. You know, I'm looking at the map and I'm thinking everybody can't get in their car and migrate somewhere where it's warmer uh, or ride it out. And even when you do that, you know, you have to deal with leaving your stuff behind and will it survive the the freezing? And And at the same time, as you know, we're looking at this very real thing. You know, we're talking politics and we're talking uh all these war and, you know, all this other stuff that doesn't mean anything in the moment when you're struggling in your survival mode. It doesn't mean anything when you're just trying to do your best to take care of what you're responsible for, your children, your animals, your home, you know, whatever little tiny world that is your responsibility and at the same time, it's infuriating when so much of this stuff is unnecessary. You know, they won't, uh, they won't uh, protect the power grid. They're reducing it. They're reducing our sources of energy. You know, everywhere are articles about tweets and communications from energy companies. Please don't use services. Please, please don't use appliances. Please, you know, be careful because. The grids are overwhelming. We know they're shutting down. And none of this needs to be. And, you know, we're in the situation where we've created a system that is actively attacking us on every front. And that, too, overwhelming for the stress response. All of this need not be. I mean, just day-to-day -day life is stressful. We don't need all this extra humongous gargantuan kind of stress. So we're just going to take another deep breath. And, you know, where I've been trying to figure out, you know, how I wanted to talk about this little tiny topic, uh, which is one of the reasons I put the wolf up and the den, you know, it's occurred to me that uh, at some point in every day, all of us need a safe haven. You know, that's 
That's the animal den. That's our little tiny corner of the world for just a moment, whether it's, you know, five minutes or five hours. It's just that moment where all the stresses of the world can go away. And, you know, for me, that's the first thing in the morning when I have, you know, the dogs are quiet and I have the blankets and the heater on and I have the twinkly lights up and it's dark outside so I don't have to feel guilty about all the work I'm not doing. And, you know, the coffee's hot and I'm just sitting here for that. I timed it this morning, this 30 minutes of just pause. It's just that pause moment of a little tiny safe haven. I don't have to think about anything. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to be responsible for anything. I don't have to be afraid of anything. You know, there is the, you know, like the other day, there is the random thing that happens at 530 in the morning. You know, someone could come bang on the car and try to break a window, but statistically that's not likely to happen. And so I can allow myself that moment of safe haven. And I think that, uh, you know, that picture of a, a wolf in a den with her puppies protecting them in that tiny space, that's what it feels like. And it's not supposed to be 24-7, 365. But, you know, in talking about stress and talking about being overwhelmed and talking about the relentless pressure everywhere and everything, you know, it's occurred to me if we don't have those time outs, if we don't have that letting go of push, letting go of pull, and intentionally putting ourselves in a state of pause or stillness, uh, and not even mindfulness, I'm not talking about doing things and being calm while you're doing, I mean, time out, little tiny moments more, you know, a couple hours, whatever it is that you need to recover. If we don't have those breaks, then we will break. It is unsustainable to move at breakneck pace all the time. You can't push all the time. You can't run all the time and you can't freeze up all the time. You know, we must be in a state of exchanging these different energies. But what's essential, especially in the world right now, is what I'm calling, you know, the safe haven moment. We have to have a time and a place to have our little safe haven. And the reason I was thinking about that for everybody is that, you know, for those of you who are uh, living in tiny spaces, you recognize how much easier it is to keep a tiny space warm. Uh, even, you know, in the trailer, if it was really bad, you know, I would create... Uh, just where the bed was. You know, I would create blankets and cardboard and uh, I would make the space smaller and smaller that needed to stay warm because I don't need the whole house to be warm. I just need that little corner or that safe space or that safe haven to be warm, you know, to get me through whatever period of time that the unbearable cold would be. And I think that same thing is true for you know, when we're in states of heightened fear, we just need that time out in that safe haven place to get a break, to be able to let our guard down, to be able to relax uh, and let the body just crash in a pause where nothing is pushing at us. We're not running. uh, We're not thinking. We're not focusing on anything. It's just that pause. 
And, you know, if you're well stocked and you're well prepared and you're well insulated, you know, a storm can be a beautiful thing to ride out, you know, in the security of your space with your fire and your chili or soup or stew, you know, there's a wonderful way to do that. But as usual, you know, I have to go to the sad place because my heart breaks because I'm so aware of how so many people and so many animals don't have a break and they have to survive in conditions that, you know, sometimes it's just the way it is. And other times it's wildly unnecessary. And how there's no way to solve all these problems. And that's, for me, something I need a safe haven from. I need a pause from, you know, empathy. I need a pause from tapping into the sorrows of the world. Uh, You know, I need a pause and a break from trying to not feel, you know, what I can feel from others. And so I just wanted to touch base, uh, you know, while I disengage from my chatter in my brain of all the things I need to do that I can't get to. (sighs) And wanted to touch base with you all because I know you're all in different places. So we're all having a wildly different experience at this in exact moment in time that you're listening to this. And you may be listening to this post vortex. Maybe the sun is out. Maybe it's warm. Maybe the crisis is over. Or maybe it's early where you are and you're cold and you're just getting through. You know, I never know where everybody is at any one time. So it's hard to ever speak to something that's true for all of us all at the same time. But What is true is we all have stress uh, and we all need a break. And the most powerful way, I think, to get that break isn't even in, you know, exercise or journaling or uh, talking or having fun. I think the most powerful reset for the nervous system, for ourself, for our sanity, is that moment of pause where we feel safe, that we are in our safe haven. And for that moment, We don't have to be responding to anything because, you know, our nervous system is in constant response to everything around us. And, you know, my my little morning time is my favorite because there's just nothing I can do. I can't engage with anybody. I can't go anywhere. I can't fix anything. I can't solve anything. I can think. And it's important for me to have a chunk of time where I'm not thinking because I'm always push, push, push in my brain, even if my body is you know, a big lump these days. But I'm just really aware uh, that in this moment, there's a lot of people that are in hardcore survival mode. There's a lot of animals that are in hardcore survival mode. There's a lot of discomfort and lack of safety and real struggle and suffering. And we can't fix all of it. Uh, And, you know, I think the best we can do at this moment is to, you know, is the prayer, is to go into our heart and feel their safety and their safe haven for them, you know, that they can't give for themselves in this moment of time. And it's really humbling and frustrating and heartbreaking, but there has to be value in it, right? I mean, how else do we move forward if we can't find value in being helpful in some way. And so I just wanted to say, if you are one of those people and you're listening to this and you are really uncomfortable, 
uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with you and that I hope there's some way you can wrap up in a closet with a candle, anything, you know, that's a small, tiny space that allows you to feel contained, that provides enough insulation that a little bit of heat can build so that you have some moment of feeling safe in a little tiny haven. And that is my heart and my wish because with all the complexities out in the world, uh, you know, we forget that in our most desperate point of crisis, it's the simple things that bring us the most value. You know, when you're hungry, that meal is everything. You know, when you're lonely, you know, that ear listening to you is everything. You know, we're in such a state of constant chatter and doing and pushing and all this stimulation, uh, you know, we, we've lost sometimes the value of the very, very simple at the time of greatest need. And, you know, if that's a gift you can give to somebody else, you know, a blanket for a dog, a hay for their house, uh, you know, helping someone feed their horse, uh, breaking water, you know, all the water outside freezes up. Uh, I've, I saw one video, this was hilarious and such a great idea. They had a sled and they put uh, bird and squirrel food and then they would pull the sled. And I thought that's brilliant. So instead of having all the animals come to one spot, they just take it and they move it you know, along so the different animals uh, can feed off of it. I thought that's, that was, it was a beautiful sled. It was obviously very uh, photographic, but the idea I thought was so clever. And it's, you know, it warms my heart to see all the people who are trying to help in the way that they best know how. And, you know, the way I best know how is to tell you that, you know, we can't fix every problem uh, and we don't survive every problem. But, we can do the best we can through every problem. We can move through the situation. And I believe the more mastery we have over our internal responses, the better we will do. And part of that mastery, because stress ain't going away for any of us anytime soon, right? Part of that mastery through this, sorry, the dogs are activating, uh, through this crisis is just that breathing, to move into that point of pause, you know, inhale, exhale, and pause. And to me, that pause is where our power is. Oh, sorry, that sound got weird. Uh, that pause is where the safe haven is. And if we can give that pause to ourselves, to our animals, to our neighbors, to our friends, to our family, anyone or anything, that to me is a tremendous gift. So I just wanted to do this little short podcast. I wanted to breathe with you. I wanted to offer prayers with you. I wanted to open my heart to all of us and to everyone and everything who isn't in a safe haven right now, that they will find one very soon. And with that, my friends, I will see you next time.